Greetings, Meltopians. If you've become enthralled by the dark wastes and nightscapes of Meltopia, and want to further explore its Stygian depths, consider joining our Patreon. For $2 a month, you could become a Meltopian and gain access to the darkest artworks, as well as written mythos pieces contained in the Melgrim, entries in Meltopia's own dark encyclopedia, and the legendary Corpus Diabolos, an elite publication containing essays written by the most esteemed dark scholars. For $5 a month, become a feared mailsayer and gain early access to episodes on the Meltopia and Sleepwake Cycle podcasts, and listen to new episodes of our audio series, Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book. And for $10 a month, join the ranks of the Melsapien, where you can listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, October's Children, as well as gain access to found recordings discovered throughout the world in The Weird Tapes. But if you're not ready to delve into the pitch just yet, and would rather swim the shallows to test the blackened waters, you can explore our public page which contains our entire backlog of Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book, episodes from the Meltopia podcast, which all together number over a hundred episodes. So, whether you want to become a full denizen of the dark, or simply peruse the public archives, come visit us at patreon.com forward slash Meltopia. That's M-A-E-L- T-O-P-I-A. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
only things. Danny wanted a mother. I killed the man who murdered him. Cultivating darkness is defined fertile. The city was still every bit as beautiful as I remembered, a soaring vintage monument to American colonialism. But it had clearly come under the power of something unearthly, something that turned everything gray just beneath the surface. The rain had stopped and the breeze felt like a draft from an open cellar door, full of cold underground memories. A fog moved between the buildings, leaking into the streets, filling them with an eerie presence. A small cloud of the stuff rolled over my foot, and I could feel something looking at me. Baron broke the silence. We should stay to the alleyways and shadows. Walking the open streets invites attention. Attention we don't want. Wicked just nodded, smiling and spinning around in a slow circle, gawking at the sights. The nearest alley had been decorated for a child's birthday party, of all things. Colored streamers crisscrossed the high walls. Little chairs had been spread out around a child-sized table, with an actual birthday cake sitting atop it, candles burning away. Wicked was unfazed, of course. He bent low, inspecting the cake. What a wild and wonderful wickedness lives here, my friends. This is nothing less than a new frontier, pure and unstained by the hands of reason or doubt. He blew out the candles. Darkness began to drift down from the sky, though it was far too early for dusk. Baron stepped into the growing shadows and disappeared. The whole vanishing thing was part of his shtick, after all. But I knew he'd be close by, watching. Wicked cut himself a slice of cake, his knife covered with purple frosting, ready for anything. As the unnatural darkness settled, I caught a glimpse of something from a third-story window, something staring at us, holding a balloon. It was a clown. As it ducked out of sight, the darkness became absolute, save for a smoking wick of orange lights left over from the candles Wicked had blown out. Assuring me I wasn't alone in the dark, my madman drew up by my side, sheathing one of his blades and grabbing my hand. Normally, I'd have rejected such a gesture. I opened my mouth to warn him about the clown when he shushed me. I saw. Let's have a word with him, shall we? I pulled against his grip, not relishing the idea of being killed by a clown. And for the first time, I got a sense of his strength. 
I may as well have been straining against steel. So off I went, kicking and whispering profanities. We turned another corner into the street to find birthday cakes, streamers, and empty party tables everywhere. The cakes, each crowned with candles, beamed from broken windows and shined from glassed-in storefronts. Voices started singing happy birthday, all out of tune, crooning like tone-deaf drunks. And they were getting louder. The quivering candle flames created equally shaky shadows, but my own trembling seemed to track with the vibrating darkness, steadying my view of the oncoming procession. We first saw the shadows of the mad parade dancing against the hemmed-in buildings made stark by the candlelight. A large motley of clown kind, short, fat, lanky, big-haired, Every variety of creepy clown outline came frolicking and flipping towards us, pressed flat and black against the vintage buildings as they passed. As they neared each birthday cake, the candles extinguished, and we heard the laughter of children. Before I knew it, Wicked shoved me through the door of a nearby house, slid a knife into my grip, and drew the door closed between us. His hushed voice came from the other side. I don't think you're quite ready for dancing yet, little lady. Wait here. He sounded happy. Sure, I could have opened the door and went after him, but I soon heard children laughing, whispering for me to open up. I moved deeper into the house, careful to avoid tripping in the dark. After years of investigating crime scenes, I'd learned to become light-footed, so I managed just fine despite having no idea where in hell I was going. The house must have been huge, or perhaps I was running in circles. The houses Wicked and I had passed didn't seem nearly as large as this one did. I kept pushing towards the back, finding only more dark, silent rooms. At some point, I saw a soft orange glow ahead of me, a snatch of candlelight in a narrow staircase winding upward. I reached the foot of the stairs and looked behind me. Just darkness. The candlelight didn't help, seemingly deliberately placed to stop short of illuminating anything but the flight of steps. Bright idea or not, I had little choice. I followed the light upward. Much like the rooms below, the stairs didn't immediately lead anywhere. How that little bit of candlelight illuminated the never-ending stairs, I had no idea, but I was grateful. The light grew brighter. More candles must have been near. A room came into view and I snuck inside. It appeared to be a small apartment of creaky, rotting wood. The ceiling was vaulted like an attic. The light shining from a nearby birthday cake all lit up and waiting to be eaten. My thoughts drifted to Wicked and what he might be doing that very second. I imagined him cleaving through hundreds of bloodied, crazy smiles, not a one of them matching the madness of his own. I wished he was there with me. A frantic, labored wheezing emanated from the other side of the birthday cake, from something that may have once been human. A woman, her abdomen swollen to the size of a boulder, the rest of her rail thin and gangly. Her impossibly bloated stomach blocked my view of her face. She tipped backwards in a rickety wooden chair, all that kept her from toppling over were the efforts of three smiling clowns. 
Peering through the candlelight, I realized the most disturbing thing of all. The creature's swollen midsection was moving. She was pregnant with something. Whatever it was, it was big and dying to get out. The light and shadow hinted at the nature of the squirming giant, suggesting something in no way human. Her three painted companions held a similar nature. All that makeup, if it was even face paint at all, hid nothing that could be considered human. They were unnaturally lanky, in need of extra joints to properly move those freakish limbs of theirs. Their faces were too big as well, with even larger smiles that stretched the limits of their cheeks. But their eyes were somehow the most unnatural. They glowed a dim yellow like the candlelight, infusing them with an unearthly sickness. The clowns broke into cheers all at once. Here comes the birthday boy, all snips and snails and puppy dog tails. Look out, mommy, here he comes. The creature inside the woman's guts began to surge and strain against its prison. I caught sight of the woman's face. She was as cool as a cucumber, no expression whatsoever. She was a husk of madness. She couldn't feel a thing, right? The woman exploded like a living grenade, flinging her insides throughout the attic. Something crawled wet and warm and stinking from the mess that was the mother. A seething mass of wagging puppy tails, writhing knots of eels and giant oozing snails. All of it fused together into the shape of a boy the size of a man. It smiled drooling and toothless as it rose to its feet. Its eyes, wide and innocent, full of joy, were those of a puppy. The clowns started up again, welcoming the newborn. Make a wish, little man, and then blow. Once the candles are out, we can have some real fun. Those joyful eyes turned hungry, and that toothless grin stretched on forever. The candlelight died, compliments of the filthy breath of the newborn. I yanked my 38 from my hip as Wicked's words echoed in my head. A knife needs no reloading, and only jams when poorly placed between the ribs. It's always there, lean, thirsty, and ready for anything. No doubt why he hastily lent me his spare blade, but I preferred bullets to get me out of my current jam at the moment. I had no desire to get any closer to these creatures than I had to. My gunshots thundered into the small space, their flashes of light revealing the three clowns in a variety of mocking positions, clapping their hands, high-fiving, rubbing invisible tears from their eyes. It made me want to aim the next shot at my head. I'd rather lose my mind to a bullet than these grinning bastards. I placed my shots carefully, but I didn't see a one hit its mark, and the newborn terror was getting closer. It felt as though I were firing blanks, so I switched tactics. Backing towards the staircase, I singled out the newborn, hoping to at least knock it backward into the clowns. They continued yucking it up like a bunch of stooges, not a care in the world. 
The thing soaked up the last of my rounds, seeming at least a little put out by my efforts. I slammed the stairwell door shut and practically threw myself down the stairs. As I half tumbled down the steps, the door exploded outward. Laughter, the honk of clown horns, and the monstrous wail of a hungry infant chased me as I fell. The winding stairwell seemed longer in reverse, if that was possible. Gasps hitching my throat, I jumped the railing, taking the quickest way down, whatever the cost. I couldn't tell what broke my fall. Hell, I couldn't even tell how long I'd fallen. Two seconds? Twenty? I reeled to my feet and kept running, the circus freaks bouncing merrily down the stairs. Ducking into a corner, I holstered the 38 and took out Wicked's blade. I forced myself to take long, slow breaths, calming my crashing heart as I tried to stay silent. A sudden shock of lightning lit the street beyond a nearby window, showing crowds of clowns and children celebrating. It was a snapshot from hell, frozen in time and space. My courage ran dry as I sank into the corner, shrinking myself down as much as I could. The silence returned, not so much as bruised by the festivities outside. In the darkness, I began to wonder if I was huddled amidst one of the gatherings, surrounded by grinning clowns and wide-eyed children, all of them closing in on me. I was sweating so much, I began to fear it made noise, calling attention to me. Scars of past frights reopened, bleeding cold across my mind. I was on the verge of panic, but something inside me wouldn't budge, clinging to lucidity as it always had. My heart slowed as a strange calm came over me. I closed my eyes and called out to it. I could feel it somewhere nearby. Get me out of here, I commanded. The heavy sound of paws on creaking wood approached, followed by wet, rank breath. The Bower's dog had obeyed. Whispering, giggling voices emanated from within its giant form as it loomed over me. Follow us, they murmured. As the dog led me through the darkness, I stepped in slick puddles of what must have been the creature's drool. The smell was nauseating. We reached a door, lit by a few bulbs dangling from bare wires. The dog bumped into me, pushing me backward. Quiet, said a leaky male voice. I fell silent and watched from the shadows. The dog was never in plain view. The hanging lights only hinted at its actual appearance and dimensions, which were nastier and larger than I cared to consider. So I huddled in shadow at the behest of an undead dog filled with equally undead serial killers, hiding from roaming packs of nightmare clowns and their demonic children, hoping against hope that my serial killer buddies would arrive to spring me from a house of hell. A clown stumbled through the door, smiling and searching. The Bower's dog snatched it into the air like a chew toy, shaking it once in a single violent blur, sending rancid saliva splattering against the walls. Above the wet splashes, it sounded as though each bone in the clown's body had snapped at once. More than limp, it hung from the dog's dripping maw like a rag doll. Little toy horns scattered across the floor, the clown's alarm going unsounded. The liquid corpse of the clown came sliding up to my feet, pushed across the room by a giant wet nose, an offering from my guardian. 
It led me into a hallway as dim as the rest, though the darkness was growing on me now. I couldn't tell if it stemmed from my desire to avoid seeing any new horrors full on, or because I began to like the feel of shadows across my skin. My hand tensed around the hilt of my blade as tiny footsteps pattered across the floor above us. Something fell to the floor, likely knocked over by whatever was doing the running. Then silence again. The monstrous dog's movements grew more cautious, sending a new species of panic through my veins. The hallway ended with a large set of double doors. I could sense the atmosphere thickening, ripening, preparing to take the bow off another sick surprise. My rotting companion slunk into the shadows of the adjoining hallway, all but vanishing. A heavy paw pushed open the door, as if sliding a magician's curtain to one side. An expansive ballroom appeared, lit by a source hidden high in its vaulted ceilings. It exuded age and atrophy, a place out of time, yet touched by a kind of subdued madness. Intricate chandeliers hung blackened with soot that dripped from the crystal to disappear in midair. The massive tapestries on the walls were spiderwebbed with cracks, their color drained, yet they appeared to crawl with movement from the corner of the eye. Rich curtains and decorative banners, thick and tattered, the non-color of dust and age, hung limp in the heavy air. Petrified tables and chairs surrounded a central dance floor of ancient hardwood, the color of concrete. The details registered on the periphery of my attention, which had been drawn to the middle of the dance floor. A woman, or rather the remains of one, lay scattered across the room. Similar to the one that had birthed the doe-eyed nightmare, this one had given birth to something far larger. Her mutilated body dominated the entire floor, sprawling and spilling outward like a deflated hot air balloon covered in blood and viscera. She had been ripped apart from the inside, the bones of her torso scattered every which way, jagged pink sticks rising above a sea of gore. Her face was madness wrapped in pain, stitched together with mindless tangles of laughter. Her eyes stared upward like weeping voids, as empty and dead as outer space. I realized why the air felt so heavy. The remains were steaming. My four-legged guardian smelled like roses in comparison. The stench clung to my throat like a living thing, working its way to my stomach. My lumbering pet had his head down, sniffing the scene, unbothered. Holding the collar of my jacket over my mouth and nose, I followed his path, picking my way through the mess. The dog soon found footprints, giant footprints, leading away from the wet stew of human remains, trailing down a massive flight of stairs at the far end of the ballroom. Amused voices floated from deep within the dog. Curious, curious. Alice. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. 
And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.